Welcome back to the League Scenes. Look at round 11 of the NRL season. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Gathered website, the Front Row program, and statistician with Stats Perform. Joining us straight out of his 8 p.m. newsread is 2SM Journal, Reese Sullivan. Reese, how are you, my friend? Ah, a bit re- uh, voiced out after a full day of doing the newsreads, but uh, should be good to go. I listened to your 8 p.m. one, it was pretty good. A few stutters, but I can let it go up with your last read of the day. Yeah, we had technical difficulties all throughout the day, so luckily no gremlins on the last one. Um, but yeah, hasn't been the perfectest day. Happens in the news biz, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. But oh well, what can you do? Not much. So on the program today, we're going to recap all eight games. I mean, I don't want to recap one of the games in particular, but we have to do it on this show. <laughs> we have to do it. <laughs> hey, 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 I sat, I sat through all those thrashings at the back end of last year. You can do the same. Yeah, uh, we'll look at the lower grade report because there's quite a few names I want to touch on when we come to the Roosters game. Uh, we'll also look at Supercoach. It's been a bit of a mixed bag week for some of us before we wrap up with our lol cow of the week. And if you may have seen our Twitter page, we will not be discussing Paul Kent on this program. Uh, we've made our position on the situation very clear on our socials at League Scene Pod. So that's the line we are going to be going with this one. Mm-hmm. So, with that elephant in the room addressed, let's get through what was an eventful round 11 of the Telstra Premiership. So, it kicked off on Thursday night, as we always do, with a 24-16 victory for the Melbourne Storm. They looked good at home, the Melbourne Storm, against a Broncos side that was a little bit deflated with Aaron Reynolds going off in the 16th minute of play following a HIA when he literally ate the turf of Amy Park in an awful incident when he chased through on a player, which... Was that the one that led to the penalty try? That was the penalty try. Yeah, so okay. He, he didn't even have to die for it. Yeah, he just went facing the turf for his troubles. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot to dissect about this game. And just so Reese knows, I have listened to the referee audio of today of that game today. I will be able to answer some of his questions. <laughs> okay. okay. So when you get... When you get to that, I will happily answer any of the questions you have from that. All right, lovely, lovely. So my take on the game was I really thought Melbourne through the middle third had Brisbane. That was when Payne Haas was off the field. I thought Haas was once again outstanding. Uh, He ran for 27 carries for 243 metres. With Origin around the corner... Are uh, you a little bit worried about Queensland stacking up against Payne Haas? No, because New South Wales forward death outside of Payne Haas is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> Lapping it up, aren't you? Oh, I love it. It's the first time in ages I've been able to play Queensland's got a better path. So, elsewhere, I thought Tom Flankler played well. He had 121 metres. Uh, Pat Carrigan, 221 metres carrying the football. That combined with, I need to figure out this new layout of this NRL app. It is fucking hideous. <laughs> is that, no, that's Ricky. Jesus. 43 tackles, four misses. This is what happens when you come from a comedy show and you don't bring your laptop and you don't do, and you can't think of it off the top of your head. You have to go through the shit app. At least we can all agree on that. Oh, it's hideous. So, no, else. No, no, no. Elsewhere, Jordan Ricky got through a mountain of work in defence. Uh, 41 tackles. Is that hard? No, that's Flegler. 41 tackles to Flegler. 
uh, really good signs there. Uh, for the Melbourne Storm, briefly, I thought that uh, their outside backs didn't have to do much outside of Will Warbrick. Uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona only playing the 23 minutes. Uh, of course, he became the centre of attention following the hip drop, and he also copped a knock to the ribs, I think, in his first stint. Yeah, correct. And elsewhere, Christian Welsh had to carry the load. Uh, I really thought uh, Eli Katal was good along with Josh King. Uh, Tui Kamikamika was strong in the starting spot as well. But, Reese, a lot of controversy surrounding this game. How do you see it from your Broncos? Uh, look, I'll take the glasses off. The referees were very uh, tough on both teams. Um, obviously, with obviously with Melbourne, they got, um, you know, Reese Walsh charged on a non-penalty, which probably should have been a penalty try. Um, and I also think there were a couple of calls that went against them that maybe they can disagree with. But from a Broncos perspective, it was just a really tough game with the refereeing. Obviously, the big one being the Carrigan sin bin. I know a lot of a lot of people have complained about the Herbie sin bin, but I'm perfectly fine with that. He stepped forward into the chasing player. I think yep, that's, that's pretty cool. That is clear cut, my friend. But I will uh, explain the Pat Carrigan simbining for the benefit of our listeners. Now, initially, it was going to be a penalty, but Jared Sutton in the bunker upgraded it based on the outcome. I'm not making that up. He said, based on the outcome and the scenario, I will upgrade it. Okay, so the NRL spends all these years trying to figure out how to stop players from staying down with their hands on their head to draw a high tackle penalty. And now you're just going to let it happen for hip drop too. Like that is ridiculous. I knew I'd get that reaction from you. I knew exactly that I'd get that reaction, but I looked at a couple of incidences that drew most attention. That one, obviously uh, I even looked at the Corey Pakes try, the one at the end of the game where it looked like uh, Flegler grabbed uh, Aaron Penne. Yep. And Jared Sutton said, as a control mechanism, we'll bin both of them. So he didn't even consider whether not to award the try. No, they confirmed the try because they viewed it as uh, simultaneous contact. Okay, well, I understand bidding both of them. I can sort of agree with that, even though, you know, it was just a melee, but Flugger was a little bit out of control, so... I mean, we're, not, we're not shocked about that, aren't we? No, no, definitely not. That's why <laughs> that, that, that's why the Dolphins are paying him $800,000 next year, not us. Very, very fair, my friend. But uh, away from Todd Smith's refereeing, and honestly, seeing Brisbane fans attack my boy Toddy like that, it, it hurt me deep down inside to be attacked by Broncos Twitter for thinking that Todd Smith refed a good game. It, it really hurt me. Um. I'll talk down personally my claims on Smith, but I still will back my claims that, you know, all the on-field and bunker officials should be demoted for next week. And that's not, you know, that's not a knock on Smith's performance, but if you, it doesn't make sense to demote one of them. They work together as a team. You have to punish the whole team. Yeah, and you want to know what makes it worse? Look at the touch judges that were there. Chris Sutton, mm. Peter Goff. Both have been in the middle this year. Both are experienced enough to be in a position to help Todd out a little bit better. I thought they leaned down as well. Yeah. Especially when you consider that 
Well, you have, I think it was Sutton who cleared the Reese Walsh script, the strip. Uh, no, Chris Sutton, over, yes. Chris Sutton yeah, said it was one on one. Yeah, which ended overturned at the bunker. Uh, I'm sure it was one of the touch judges that cleared the Walsh shoulder charge. Which that came I think, from the bunker. I think if um, the referee goes up as a try, as a penalty try, I don't think that gets overturned. Yeah, and you want to know what hurts the most out of this? This was Todd Smith's 35th career game in the middle. Hmm. And we've we've obviously praised the bloke a lot on this program. And for a guy that's only 35 games in his career, to get a match of the round status game is a very good sign that they see something in him. And that's what a lot of people are forgetting. A lot of people are very quick to bag young referees these days. When we see... Ashley Klein, Jared Sutton, Grant Atkins, Adam G, all cop it every single week saying they're not good enough, bring the young people in. And then when the young people do get a chance, just going to back them straight away. Like, I don't really get what people are after here when you're just going to blame the referee no matter what it is. Like, it's ridiculous. Here's the thing I'll add, okay? You mm-hmm. know? Again, I'm not going to try and sit here and disrespect Todd Smith, okay? But if you're going to have these inexperienced referees put in these types of situations, why can't we go back to a two-referee system? Especially with all these changes to how the game is called in the ruck, all these new penalties, you know, you still got the crackdown on the crusher, now you've got the hip drop tackle. It just makes perfect sense to have a referee just watch the ruck. I think the second referee would help in this situation, but again... Ben Arrell doesn't want to seemingly throw money away. Peter Valenti's words, not ours, by the way. But I definitely yeah. think that a second referee would help in this situation. It's very clear that you've got your eight lead referees, or you've got your eight or nine people that are capable enough to be lead referees. And then the rest are you thrown on the sideline, like your Drew Altrams, like your Phil Hendersons, like your Darian Furners. They could go back to being a pocket referee, and then you could let the touchies who do do the stuff in New South Wales Cup Queensland Cup, come in and be the specialist touch judges that they are. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, right now, like you said, you've got your eight or nine lead referees. So if two lead referees in the same game, in the same round, have an abysmal game, you can't drop both of them. You have to only drop one of them. Because you can always you promote. Have... Yeah, but has the NRL ever changed two referees in a single round? And under, back under the one referee rule? I'll have to think because I think on a moment. I think because we had Chris Sutton dropped this week. That saw Liam Kennedy come in and Adam G's on his um week off. And you had Goff come back after his dropping from Magic Round. Okay, so the match is two. Oh sorry, you had Ben Cummins come back in after his rest at Magic Round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think but I think there's a lot of things that need to be accountable at NRL HQ and I think that it's a big concern moving forward. But not looking too far down the road. Origin is, of course, coming up. Uh, next week is Indigenous Round. The Broncos have an interesting Thursday nighter against the Panthers at home without Adam Reynolds, subject to the 11-day stand-down policy. So I take um, it you'll just be bringing that, up Jock Madam. Is that – well, first of all, we'll get on that later, but is that confirmed, though? Because I believe it was Cat 2, and Reynolds would fit the protocol to be able to return early, as long as uh, provided he passes. As long as the protocols are clear, then I think he will be back. Yeah. We'll just wait till Tuesday, I think. After the Broncos silly buggers with their team sheet this week. (laughs) 
Uh, Melbourne, meanwhile, take on the Finns at Suncorp Stadium. Okay, yeah. Friday, go on. Uh, that should be a good one as well. Uh, I will say as well, credit to the Dolphins. Credit to both Brisbane clubs, actually, because their Indigenous jerseys look fire. Yeah, a lot of people are quick to slam Indigenous jerseys, but I think a lot of people have done really well. I mean, I'm going to speak for my club. Um, they did Your an amazing really job. Good. The Roosters look really good. It does look really good. And of course, we'll go through next week's uh, schedule at the back end of the program. Uh, Friday night kicked off with the Warriors 24 defeating the Bulldogs 12. And I have to say, these Warriors are different. We say it every week, but these wires are different. Add in Vanilla Blake, and I'm going to stir the pot here. Currently, he's the best front rower in the game. I can't even disagree with you. Oh, like, I, like, I know you're a big Payne Haas fan, but currently on current form, you cannot pass up Adam Fenua Blake. I will say Haas is better in the middle third, but what Fenua Blake does in the attacking third is phenomenal. He's on some try scoring spree at the moment too. Did, did you see what I put on Twitter after the try this week? Uh, no. It, it, it looked so easy. I just had to say, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition or the short ball to add in for Noah Blake. <laughs> uh, elsewhere for the Waz that played well, Marcelo Montoya looks good. Uh, Sean Johnson, man. Two try CST is looking. Back man. to himself. Man, this good. is the SJ we wanted. What, what did Nathan Brown do to him? Seriously. Mm. Now he's destroying Parramatta. Uh, are we surprised? Nope, not at mm-hmm. all, my friend. But he picked up two try assists. He was outstanding. Uh, I'm really liking the work of Dylan Walker in the middle third. Like, you get him out of that early duel. You bring him in. In I think they brought him on after about 20 minutes. He was absolutely superb. Um, we've got to admire Torhu Harris, don't we? The bloke's playing busted every week. And he keeps on turning up. Torhu Harris is the definition of El Capitano. Like, he is just an inspirational leader for this Warriors side, especially a side that is still so young. Yep, I 100% agree. Um, I wanted to see more out of Josh Curran. I know he picked up a try and was good on the edge, but I just know what he's capable of. And whilst he's yeah. getting back to that form, I think the more he... Gets himself involved coming out of yardage, works a bit harder in defense. Then I think the rewards will come for Josh 100%. Like he had 11 runs and 91 meters, 38 post contact meters, 44 tackles, but he had eight misses. So that's the alarm bell. I think he's been an unfortunate victim of Webster. Um, Just, you know, the attacking style is not there and Curran's. We, we haven't exactly sunk his praises as a defender. So, you know, he's just sort of in that little grey area. But I think, you know, we're still not even halfway through the season. So I think as, as Webster develops with this team, and there will be development with the team and how they build, I think we'll see Curran get into the game more as that back row threat that he was last season. Yeah, I tend to agree there, my friend, that uh, one player that's kind of taken 
a little bit of an advantage over the last couple of weeks of some injuries in and around the Warriors side. It's definitely been 5'8", Ronald Volkman. That try he scored, that was some vintage. That reminded me of a rookie SJ. Look, if the Warriors hadn't been able to get a few more wins in this period, I know they've had a very tough schedule, but mm-hmm. a few more wins, and you'd be starting to ask the question, you know, when Tamari Martin comes back, does he just walk into that number six jersey? I think I he's out injured, at eh? the moment, given they haven't been the winningest team, I think you would still say Tamari Martin stays 5'8 when he's healthy, but that doesn't take away from how good Volkman's been playing. Yeah, so Ronald Volk yeah. has definitely been that shine of shining light for the Warriors as far as when Tamari Martin's been out injured. I don't know. I'm just going to pretend as if we did talk about it before the audio cut out. <laughs> so um, Luke Metcalf came back to New South Wales Cup uh, last week at Belmore. Uh, we'll look at that when we go through the lower grade report. But I think there's a number of different options the Warriors can take moving forward. And especially if they want to use Metcalf as that 14, I think it could be an interesting one. Yeah, 100%. I think there's a great chance for them with their playmakers. They just have an abundance of really solid playmakers right now. And, you know, they could go down so many different routes, and that doesn't even take into account the fact that they're adding Roger Tuivasa-Check next season. <laughs> so, you know, they just have so many guys who so you can get their ball, the ball in their hands and they do something with it. And that's a very scary thing for a football team to have. It is scary. Uh, on to the Bulldogs. A lot of moving party and a lot of problems I can sense. I personally think the dogs need to bite the bullet on Oluwapu. In what way? Start him. I can see that, but at the same time, I'm just still not sold on the idea of having such an attacking 5A next to that burden. You can play him at halfback. He's a natural half. Yes, but he's still so attack-centric and his playmaking is raw. That's the issue. We've seen, even, even with a guy like Kyle Flanagan next to him, we've seen how much of the workload Matt Burden takes with the playmaking game. All right? You know... Just, I'm not talking about the attacking third playmaking because obviously Oluwapu undoubtedly can do that. It's just the general playmaking, knowing you know where to kick to, how to organise the troops, what play to run coming out of the middle third. You know, just that kind of game management stuff. That's where I feel, you know, you need to take a bit of a workload off Matt Burton. And that's something I think Josh Reynolds is doing an all right job at at the moment. You think he's doing an all right job? That aspect of the game. I think most other aspects of the game is pretty shit at the moment. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, another area that I want to discuss as far as biting bullets, fullback. We need to have a chat about Hayes Perham, don't we? Hmm. I saw enough out of Blake Wilson on the wing. Even Jarrell Skelton, take your fancy on who you want. But I see enough in them. So you can have a situation where you can play Jacob Kiraz at fullback. And, you know, realistically, whoever goes to fullback this season is only a placeholder until Stephen Price arrives next year. So Even worst comes to worst, you play a Verillo there. 
Yeah, exactly. So if you're in a situation where you're pretty much out of the finals race, which the Bulldogs almost certainly are, unless mm-hmm. they can, you know, spark a second half of the season comeback, what do they have to lose? Not much. Uh, Paul Alamotti, I thought was good. I thought he had one of his better games in grey. That's just my opinion. Uh, Reed Marnie was. Pardon? My super coach team agrees. <laughs> I seen you started him, and I was like, "Oh god damn it!" <laughs> I had some horror sick V starts this week. We'll get onto that later. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, elsewhere, um. I'm really questioning this forward rotation. I think we have been for most of the season. Like it is proper cooked. Max King plays 39 minutes. Panglad Jr. plays 40 minutes. Waddell plays 71. Fatala Mariner 34. Ockenbore 50. Harrison Edwards 68. Franklin Pele plays 10 minutes. Look, the good news for... Cameron Serrano is he's still a rookie head coach. Unlike a certain other coach in the NRL, we can give him a pass for his shit rotation because he is still learning. Is that a subtle reference my way? No. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. I thought I thought you were gonna I mean, I know the rooster suck and I know our forwards are a bit shit on Friday night, but come on. I don't need that too. <laughs> I, I think Robbo is doing the best he can with the rotations he has available to him. Can you do me a favour? Yeah. Can you take Fletcher Baker early? <laughs> well, okay, back with... even, it would leave you with even less front row depth. I'll play in the fine line there. I'll play in the Fahu White. I don't care. Uh, elsewhere. I mean, to be fair to Franklin Pelle, he had four carries in 10 minutes, but he's a bloke that can play 10 minutes sustainable in this era of rugby league. I doubt it. No, it's not. And no, no wonder the Bulldogs are making an offer towards Hamestella. I saw that today, and I raised it to a couple of our South people in our office, and they weren't happy about it, let me tell you. Mm, yeah. So I told them to suck it up and pay for Whiten. <laughs> <laughs> That's the price you pay, I guess. It is the price you pay. I mean, let's be real. Their um, their offer for Spencer Lynn, you went nuts. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Poor choice of words, perhaps. <laughs> oh, we um, went nuts. <laughs> true. Um, a positive sign note for me was the Bill Blake Wilson on the wing. Uh, nineteen carries, one hundred ninety-seven meters out of yardage. He was immense. I thought. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I feel like he's the guy you have to shuffle the deck chairs for. With Adekar almost certainly going to be back next week, you have to find a way to keep him in the squad. Yeah, 100%, my friend. Anything else you want to touch on before we move on to uh, Super Saturday? Um, well, I mean, we still have one more Friday night game to go, don't we? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> good try, good try, good try. Anyway, nothing else? let's discuss. Nah, let's... nothing else in that game. Let's go to the next one. Oh, fuck me, Dad. Panthers 48, Roosters 4. Um, Reese, can you kick off before I absolutely lose my mind? I'll have my Roosters rant, and you just give the Panthers their well-deserved roses. 
All right, so let's give the Panthers their well-deserved roast because, golly me, that was an excellent game for the Panthers fans. Um, started at the Houston Stars with Dylan Edwards. 22 carries, 210 metres. He got what he wanted, and he got it in bunches with five tackle breaks. Jerome Luai, welcome back to four big fella. How the Panthers have missed you. 17 carries, 135 metres, 11 Tackle breaks. Jesus. Two tries did a try for himself. Excellent game. Double for Tyro and Peachy. How the fuck do you let Tyro and Peachy score a double in 2023? Uh, Nathan Cleary, very solid game by his standards. Didn't do much, but I guess we didn't have to do much with Jerome Luai in so much form. Uh, the forwards, you know, the forwards did their job. 146 metres for Leota. 154 for Fisher Harris, 194 for Scott. Isaiah Yo, 216 meters. Like I said, they just got what they wanted. And, you know, they helped 89% completion. They ran for pretty much a thousand more meters than the Roosters did. They had only six slide breaks. Only 35 tackle breaks. They were able to convert that into so many points, obviously. Uh, set distance, they were averaging 12 meters per set more than the Roosters. So I'm sure AJ will be very happy about the forward pack in that regard. Uh, yeah, man. The Panthers. Of course. You know, they do this the week before they play the Broncos. So hopefully they got their good game out of the way. They'll come out and regress back to the mean next week. But there's a very, <laughs> real, chance, there's a very real chance that this is the mean. And the Panthers are just back. And all of a sudden, you have to sit there and go, you know, is there a chance that the three-peat is on? Uh, I'll just add a couple of things on the Panthers. Liam Martin back, I think, is a good thing as far as origin selection is concerned. Uh, Scott Sorensen. Like, this bloke wasn't wanted in the NRL. He was a free agent going into 2019 and into 2020. Could that go down as one of the biggest recruitment blunders? What, 15 teams passing up with Scott Sorensen? Like, look at the form he's in at the moment. He has, he's the definition of, you know, when an NRL coach or a rugby league coach tells you to stay ready, even if you're on the bench, that's what staying ready can do for you. You get a chance, you take your place in. Yeah, uh, and also, well done, Roosters, for playing on Jerome Lua and to form right before. Origin teams are in out, so we could be stitched up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is everyone ready for me to grind my axe? Let's do it. I want to hear this from bad. Everyone has been waiting for this moment where AJ tears the roosters to absolute smithereens. So, without further ado, here we go. <clears throat> the tone was set in the first fucking set of the game. Where Victor Radley, for no fucking reason in the world, decides, I'm too much of a bitch to run the football, and throws it to Angus Crichton. It was a hospital pass to him. An absolute hospital pass. We're under pressure right from that point. And to make things even better for Rads, the penalty he concedes... Oh, no, sorry, he conceded the penalty five minutes later. 
Oh, he's pissing me off so much at the moment, Victor. Like, last week after Magic Round, he said he was disgusted with the effort. Where's the fucking fight back? Where is it? Just show it. Like, I don't care if we get beat by that score. Just show some form of effort. Like, it's fucking pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And I look at uh, some of the efforts. Like, we can see this is rooster tradition right here. We can see the penalty, heads go down, we can see the line break, then we can see the try. Some of the edge defense was absolutely diabolical. Like, fuck me dead. It didn't help losing Jared in the first 20 minutes of the game, but realistically, that's looking for excuses with this lot. It is looking for excuses. Uh, elsewhere, where was it? Uh, we made Scott Sorensen look like the best back rower in the competition. And again, Joey Manu out of defense at first marker. Nat Butcher makes a horrific read, and there's no disrespect to the bloke because he tries his ass off. He was one of a rare few that did. Uh, we brought Brandon Smith and Satillion in the game, and then within a period of four minutes, the game was lost. Sorensen gets his second try. Then we don't even have the energy to go again and get after Tyrone Peachy when it's 24-0. Like, that's fucking embarrassing, man. It's just embarrassing. Like, you can talk all about, oh, going into a game prepared and that and going in with an open mindset. At least show up and look ready to play football. That's what stings the most. Elsewhere, um, it was a bit of a lull for a period. Then Brian Toto scored off a kick because we have no idea how to kick defuse. Uh, where was it? Oh, here's our positive, our try. I finally got to it. <laughs> um, Billy Smith deserves some flowers. I, I'm going to give them to him. He may have made some mistakes, but every single time he got up, he was ready to go again. That is the effort I want to see. I don't have a problem if you make mistakes and miss tackles. It's the aptitude and the response afterwards that I care about. When Billy Smith, a bloke who's two games back from... Let me make sure I've got them all. One, two, three. Lish Frank. Three ACLs, a Lish Frank and a dislocated shoulder. Out efforts every single person on the field. Wave your fucking white flag. We're in trouble. And then we can see some more prophetic tries at the end of the game. We were put out of our misery at full time. As far as changes are concerned, well, we probably have to get rid of um, Jared because of his peck, Manu because of his shoulder. So where is the side I've written down? Okay, here. So I've got Teddy at fullback next week. He deserves a chance. Uh, Alan's going to be on one wing. Suali'i on another. Uh, Billy Smith was great. He's going to be the left center. Right center, I'm going to bring in a debut for Junior Pauga. He has killed it in New South Wales Cup. You might have heard me, Reese, talk about him a couple of times. Yeah. 5'8 uh, is going to be Hutch. Look, I know I bagged the bloke that playing a center, but he can at least kick a football. Something, with all due respect, Joey Martin, Manu couldn't. Uh, Kiri will be halfback. 
Uh, Collins and Lodge up front. I feel sorry for Lindsay and Matt. Like, Lodge at least had some form of try as well. I fought as far as our middles. She's uh, at hooker. Uh, we'll get Egan back, but he doesn't go into a starting spot. We're going to have Gus, Angus Crider, and I'm going to start Satili on an edge. Um, they'll pick Radley at lock, so he will go there. On the bench, Turpin. Um, who am I missing? Nat Butcher. Egan Butcher and Nafa'ahu White. If I you see Fletcher Baker on yeah. that fucking bench, I will be fucking livid. Can I just butt in for a second, AJ? I want to say something. I'm not sure if you'll agree with it or not. You want to ask me some questions? No, 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 no. It's not a question. It's, it's, it's an observation from me. And obviously, you've been around the roots a lot more than I have. So maybe it's an observation you might disagree with. Fire uh, away, big boy. All right. So the obvious comparison people will make with this team is going to be the 2016 Roos, correct? Maybe. Yeah. I would take that a step further and say it's closer to the 2009 Roos. Because with 2016, you were in a transition era where you had a few veterans walk out the door, you still had a core of solid players, and you were just adding some young players towards that. Bringing in a guy like Luke Keery, you're adding Latrell Mitchell coming through, Jerry Marnie coming through, etc., etc., etc. Yep. But with 2009, it was a bunch of veteran players who just stopped performing. And that's what this team reminds me of. I'm going to disagree, respectfully. I am going to say, and this could be a bit controversial for Roosters fans out here, this is reminding me of the first two months of the 2018 season. Now, the talent is clearly there. And it might be a case of some people overhyping us, our own people ourselves, but the talent is clearly there. Robbo just needs to figure out, he needs to stop being cute. Suwali's a winger, not a centre. Manu is a centre, not a 5'8". It's not hard, Robbo. Stop being a fucking big brain. And also bring in Sam Walker before the Fox League tabloids link one more story about him going to the Dolphins. Because it is not true. That's going to be a couple of weeks away with the knee injury. I know he's done his knee. Uh, An ACL sprain has been reported. And I'm really, really sad for the bloke because he... He deserves a break. Um, but the side I have named gives me hope. The side I have named at least gives some beacon of light on where our best side is. If he stick, if he picks and sticks, I might not watch a Roosters game for the first time in a long time. That's how pissed off I will be if I see the same lineup. The same inconsistent players, Fletcher Baker, and who else was I going to launch my axe at? Radley as well. Like, Robbo, stop trying to big brain situations. That's my big takeaway. And you can hear in my voice, I don't get pissed off often at the Roosters. But I was so angry, so upset, so frustrated on Friday night. This is what it's come to for me. It's sad to hear you talk about 
Robbo ruining your love for the team is the same way I spoke about the Broncos in 2020. It, it's depressing. It, it, it hurts. And do you have any questions you want to ask me? Or? No, I think I agree with pretty much all the statements. I just worry that even with those changes, you know, I don't know if these Roosters are a team that's going to be playing come September. Just with, with, with where the rest of the league is, you know, he's got to win some very tough games this next if you want to make finals, you can't I think this origin period, and if a couple of players that should be left out are left out, I think it'll be a welcome relief because at the same time, you have to realise, and I'm, I'm not too sure if I brought this up on the program, but we are going through quite a... I mean, every club in the league is going through it, but more so the Roosters than anyone else. There is a heavy World Cup fatigue in this side. Like... We, we had to retool the spine again. We didn't have a full side on the paddock until January to retool said spine. Penrith are in a similar boat, and they're flying because they're this well machine they've won back-to-back. So they're a little bit different to us. We're still in this mini-transition period about how we want to change the way we play football. So I'm still going to hold out hope. I'm not being one of these flat earthers that think that Things are just going to change overnight. I'm, I'm just trying to be optimistic and not go insane. It hurts. But anyway, we're going to move on to Super Saturday. Uh, South City 20, West Tigers nil. Uh, the scoreline doesn't really reflect the game for me because South scored two tries in the last 10 minutes of play to kind of blow the school line out. I thought the Tigers were really resilient defensively, and I'm not too sure how to read the Tigers' race at the moment, and you're probably wondering why. <laughs> why? Because each coach they've had had a different focus. Madge said he wanted to focus on defense. The defense sucked. Shane said he wants to focus on attack. The attack sucks, but the defense is outstanding. So I don't really get the Tigers. I don't know if it's a case of over-trying on one side of the ball. Like, I'm, I'm really not sure how to read it, mate. I think the reality is they're not the team that's supposed to be competing with teams like South Sydney. That's how I call it. That's an easy way, way to assess it. Way, it's quite <laughs> simple. You know, they 100% overperform their hand against that. They played a really, really good game, but it just wasn't the approach to play that type, that type of game again. You know, if you're going to beat South Sydney, you have to be pretty much perfect. And that doesn't matter whether you're the West Tigers or, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, the Brisbane Broncos. You, they will punish you if you make a mistake. And unfortunately for the Tigers, they just made a couple of mistakes. They were really, they were really solid, really good at, you know, not making errors, not giving away penalties. But those couple of mistakes they've made trip back and hurt them. And that's what allowed the Rabbitohs to really blow out the score to 20 mil. Yeah, and I really feel with the Tigers at the moment that they are a somewhat good football side. They're better than where their ladder position suggests. We've seen that with the way they quite frankly rolled Penrith, but also the way they played against the Tigers without Johnny Bateman. If we look through some of their stats, 
they don't lie across the board. Like, we'll take a look at some of their players. Uh, Buller ran for just under 200 metres. Stafford Toa has been probably their best player post-bye week for them. He ran for just over 200 metres. Uh, as far as their forwards, Clemmer was great. Bateman was solid. Uh, who was this? Alex Twile was good. I think for the sake of the Tigers, we just need him to hurry up and score a fucking try. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> just hurry it up. We're sick of the commentators bringing it up. Yeah, it's getting tired. Like, I think the magic is wearing off with Koala scoring. So, you know, at least he's done the be productive now in terms of just generally doing what a prop does. Yeah. I think he should just prepare for his season-long um, nudie run, if we're being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, for South Sydney, uh, obviously, Latrell Mitchell, great a try, assist a try. Uh, six tackle breaks, only ran the ball 11 times for 89 metres. Uh, a line-line break assist and offload. But as we say with Trell all the time, quality over quantity. It seems like every time he touched the ball, something happened. Mm-hmm. And Souths had to do it tough in this game too. You had uh, Tom Burgess get injured in the warm-up. So you had to get Blake Taff. The poor bloke was on an exercise bike the whole the whole game. <laughs> uh, That's Jetty, two HIAs. Yeah, Jetty got KO'd and what else happened? Who was the second HIA? Jai, Jai Arrow. Uh, Jai Arrow after his um, phantom call of a squirrel group. We all know the only player that's screwed this week, especially here. <laughs> uh, but South Sydney now go top on four and against. This is a real surprise and a success story for the Rabbitohs. Uh, they struggled a bit early on, but they have won, what is it now, seven straight, seven on the trot? Yeah, seven on the trot. They're looking good, I have to be honest with you. And... Tigers, as I said before, nothing to be disheartened about, even though you are still on last place. I don't think you'll be there for long once the Dragons um, do what they need to do, which we will touch on right now. Uh, North Queensland, 42, defeating the Dragons, 22. Now, first and foremost, on behalf of everyone here at the league scene, congratulations to Benny Hunt on 300 games. Up the nose up. Up the dozer, let me tell you. Uh, we ran a poll on our League Scene Twitter page this um, yesterday because we have seen a number of different people whinge about the quality of KO Sports, haven't we? Yeah, me included. You included. So, first of all, we want to thank the 223 people, Jesus, where are we, that voted in our poll. Very impressive numbers. Uh, It was a tight poll. 54% of you said you prefer to watch on via streaming. 46% of you chose to watch over on your Foxtel box or Channel 9. Personally, I'm a Foxtel box user. I like my 4K vision. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I I just use KN because it's easier. Yeah, it, it just depends on 
usability, what you need to, where you are as well. I think that's another yeah. factor that laid into the survey. Uh, but onto the game, oh, outside of the try to he who said cannot be mentioned on this show. Yep, we won't talk about him. <laughs> the Cowboys were in at 6 all, but then the controversial moment came where Jaden Sullivan found himself simbing for 10 minutes for a professional foul. What did we make of this one? I do not know if that's a professional foul, if that's a penalty. I feel like when someone's lying on top of you, you should have a little bit of leeway. I didn't, I, maybe you saw something that I didn't, but I didn't see Jaden Sullivan's hand on top of Carl Felt. I agree with uh, you. We, I'm agreeing yeah. for once, mate. Oh, wow. Rarity. <laughs> it is a rarity on this show, but hey, we take the wins, don't we? I should say we do, mate. Uh, we saw, what was it, the fourth two-point field goal of the season? Yes, four. Yeah, because we've had Reynolds, Cleary, Frawley... And now Valentine Holmes. You can really know who the odd one out is on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know what you are, Matt Crawley. You're a superstar. <laughs> so, yeah, he kicked that field. It was 24-6 on half time. Uh, but then from there we had, uh, what was it? Helam Luke, he went over to cross. And that was sort of the game there, even though the Dragons picked up a couple of late tries. Uh, effort areas, and there's a lot there that needs to be desired. It was... Even present possession, you're completing at 63%. Uh, you're missing 25 tackles, 13 ineffective. Uh, penalty counts somehow in your favour. I just think that there's a lot there that is going wrong for the Dragons. And I, I think... Go ahead, finish off that sentence. I think that uh, if, ter- if Hook isn't terminated this week... There are some problems at that joint. Yeah, I mean, let's take a look at their upcoming schedule. So after this week, they play us, the Roosters, Dolphins, Penrith, Souths. And then the buy. I just ouch. You know, I feel like the dragons have to be at a point where they've already made up their mind as to whether or not Griffin is going to be back in twenty twenty four. And assuming that they've decided sensibly that he won't be, I can't see why it would hurt to let him go down. Mm-hmm. I tend uh, to agree, my friend, but yeah. I just question, there's a number of different things that obviously have to go in. Is there a replacement ready to go now? I think their assistant coach is somebody by the name of Ryan Carr. Now, he was the assistant coach at Parramatta last year, went to the Dragons for an opportunity. Uh, obviously, all the name that's on everyone's lips in the league world at the moment is Jason Riles. But he won't be released early. That's sure. A, he won't be released early, and B, the Dragons are going to give us six figures. Is that the rumor going around the watermill? Yes, it is. They'll have to give it. They'll have to give it. It's a, we're going to put a transfer fee on him if the Dragons want him. Yes, smart. Background. Um, but 
for the Cowboys, second straight win. Uh, again, some positive signs. I thought Tom Dean was outstanding. Uh, Reese is probably going to kill me for saying that sentence. Uh, I thought their forward pack lifted without Tamalolo. Healam Luke in particular picking up a double. He was immense up front. Jordan McLean too. Uh, Jake Granville doing the little things right. Uh, Ruben Connor, great. Uh, even Jermaine Chanua Brown was good in his limited stint as well. So I think there's a lot of positives here for the Cowboys after what was a tough opening to the Telstra Premiership for them. Yeah, 100% there is. And, you know, you look on the ladder now, all of a sudden they're back within that sort of touching distance of the top eight. You know, if, if there's a team that's going to make a push in the second half of the season, I think you'd be inclined to say it's North Queensland Cowboys. Based on where they were last year, yeah, they've had a rough start to the season, but the last few weeks they've really shown they've got it back together. You know, don't cut the mask of not just getting to the finals, but really solidly, you know, fifth, sixth spot, somewhere like that. 100%. Right, my friend. Uh, Saturday's nightcap saw Canberra 26 defeating Parramatta 18, and Arguably one of the more controversial games of the weekend. Uh, the first try was not scored until the 32nd minute of play when they were finally able to capitalise on Corey Horsburgh's Simbim. First of all, what do we make of the striking Simbim? I'm happy with it. Consistent with what we've seen? Yeah, consistent with what we saw, like especially last week. Uh, so, Jermaine Hopgood, Guru's love child. Went over to school. The great super coach guru. Like, seri- like seriously, man. Like, there's got to be some sort of connection between those two because Guru is riding Hopgood hard. <laughs> I hope Guru- I hope Hopgood at least sends him a Christmas card for all that downplay. Like, seriously. Come on. He's- I saw Guru say, um, you better send me your origin boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, elsewhere, the Raiders are able to pick up three tries. In the space of 10 minutes, during the during the period before and after halftime, uh, Alvin Opawadi went over. Hudson Young further went on to press his claim for a rep jumper. Uh, Seb Chris is showing that he is keeping Xavier Savage out of the first grade side. Uh, Parramatta were able to pick up two tries through Simonson and Mike Acevo. Hard to believe Mike Acevo is the top try scorer on 14, despite Parramatta's struggles. Uh, Matt Timoko was able to ice the game inside the last five minutes there. Uh, looking at the stats, uh, Sam Chris uh, limited again, but I thought he was outstanding. Matt Timoko. We started to see inklings last year, race, but he's turning into one of the game strike centers. He really is. He is that guy. He's, you know, all I've got to say, he is... Yeah, developed into that centre that I think the Raiders really need, especially when you have a guy like Croker on the other side. You need that stroke centre. And, yeah, you know, I sung his praises all last season. So I'm happy that I've written another success story. Uh, Joe Tarpity, Josh Tarp... Oh, Josh, not Josh Tarpity. Josh Papali'i, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they were great. Both playing 50 minutes. They were huge. Uh... Just so people know, I was watching only the minis of these games. I was at the lovely Ursula Carson's comedy show last night, sitting next to the touch judge from the Roosters game on Friday night. 
Uh, it was, uh, if it was a bit more controversial, I would have been um, nudging him a little bit, tempted to throw a couple of jabs. Nah, joking, joking, joking. My name is yeah, not Adam Hacks. My name is not Adam Hacks. I don't claim to know anything about Jared Sutter. <laughs> um, uh, Emre Gula, huge off the bench as well. That was really good Parramatta. Oh, sorry, not Parramatta, Canberra. Uh, Parramatta, though, we need to start asking some questions, don't we? Yeah, I was about to raise that. That's now seven losses to start the season. They really don't have any room for error now going forward, do they? Very minimal. Sean Lang left after 28 minutes with a suspected calf injury. That put pressure on everybody else in the side. But I really think their forward rotation at the moment is very poor. Obviously, Regan Campbell-Gillard is still on the injury list as a result of a pain hearts hip drop. Um, Wimru Greg, he's trying his best, but at the moment, he's just not doing enough for me. And I raised a question. Does moving Jermaine Hopgood to prop and Ryan Madison back to that 13 spot do something? I think so. I think it would. It gives Hopgood a chance to get his hands on the ball a bit more, which obviously that's when he's at his best. And then I think last year, Maddo proved his worth as a lock. So, yeah, and it obviously can bring in Bryce Cartwright to kind of be that link person, even if you wanted to start with the Cardi party at lock, and then you can bring in Madison. I think that could be an, an avenue for Parramatta to go down. But Junior Barlow, lucky point. to escape. Yeah, but but I'm sorry to... Have, yeah, all good. Uh, but at some point, Parra have to take the risk. So they can't just, they can't just sit back and keep running out the same 17 players and watch their season fade away. Uh, 100% right, 100% right. But uh, Junior Barlow, lucky to escape suspension for a cannonball tackle on Joe Tarpany. What did we make of this one, my friend? He's a lucky boy. That's the second time this season he's gone very lucky. So, you know, I wonder if there's a bit of bias because the NRL feels sorry that New South Wales' attack is so bad. They have to make oh. sure they're following <laughs> He's already started. He's already started. <laughs> He's already started this bloke. Hey, I never stopped. Oh, I never God. stopped. And I, I thought people like Hux were bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in all seriousness, he is. He is like uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, you're not wrong. He is a lucky boy, but it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Mitch Moses should be back for their duel with the Rabbitohs at the Roosters' home ground, Allianz Stadium, while the Raiders next week on Indigenous ground, I believe they are at home to the Eagles. A bit of salt in your voice talking about the stadium there, AJ. A little bit of salt. What does the sign say at the front? Of home of the Sydney Roosters. It should say trillion. But they misspelled it. Fuck you. <laughs> I've well, gone through enough this week. I don't know if I'm going to be. <laughs> You're a good bloke. I'm keeping you on that matter of what. <laughs> uh, moving on to Sunday footy. 
Uh, Knights, 46. Uh, Titans, 26. Um, interesting stat, Reese. Do you know that that is the fifth straight week the Titans have scored 26 points? Wow. That is probably the most useless rugby league stat I've ever heard. Well done. But, but they've only won two out of those five matches. Okay, that is now the most useless. <laughs> How is it useless? It's useful. Okay, in this context, it's useful. But once I leave this podcast, what use am I going to say? Am I going to get home and wake up my dad and go, hey, dad, guess what? This is the fifth straight week of time to score 26 points, but this is only the second, they lost only one two of those games. Let me out of the house. <laughs> Knowing your dad, probably. <laughs> but, but, was it Brent White brought in to help the Titans' defence? That's what I was told. So, in the last five weeks, they conceded 43, 28, 10, 24, and 46. So, let's just do some quick math while Reese rants about the Titans. Um, they're the Gold Coast Titans. There's not much to react about. They're the little brothers. Like, this is what they're expected <laughs> to be. Like, I mean, well, look, we'll go through their players and point out what went wrong. So, first of all, they have Jamie Campbell at fullback. But you're not, I, I'm going to be blunt here. I do not rank Jamie Campbell at fullback. I think he's obviously on the smaller side of fullbacks, but unlike a guy like Reese Waltz, he just doesn't have that moment where he can take over the game. Uh, but again, that's my opinion. Maybe it's biased because I'm a Broncos fan, but I'm going to stick by it. Uh, oh, the boy, this should be Janet's opinion. Absolutely fucking freaks. I, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong there. Like, I think Toby Sexton walks straight back in that team next week. He should. 100% he should. So, I don't know, I, I don't know go why on. they went with Boyd in the first time. Yeah, I did the research. 30.2 points per game they're conceding over the last five weeks. So, how many points does that average they score? 26. So, they're losing games 30 to 26. <laughs> so, uh, Tom Young picked up a double one uh, of those 177 metres. 90 of those were off an intercept. <laughs> uh, Greg Marju. Titans are going to be wondering why the fuck we let this bloke go. Oh, my God. Again! Little brothers. Oh, my day. They never failed to impress me with Titans. With how shit their attention champion, whether it's letting go of a guy like Greg Marju, whether it's forging the fucking signature of James Roberts, they always find a way to fuck up their players, don't they? <laughs> they do, but uh, sticking on the Titans, let's just go through. I thought Phil Sami tried again. Mo Fodawaka was huge in his 69 minutes. Say the line. Nice. nice. <laughs> Tino in 56 minutes was solid. David Fafita was huge today, I thought. Obviously, 195 of those 236 metres are off a runaway. But still, it's good to see him in open flight again. 
Yeah, exactly. And also for That's the day of the feeder we were expecting. I think you've got to pick him for Queensland at the moment. I think Paul's match is round one. He looks, I, he looks like he's come back with a point to prove. I, he has a chip on his shoulder. And that chip might just be the size of Mount Everest. <laughs> uh, Joe Boona was huge in his stint, as was Artino's little bro. For the Knights, KP is back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, there was that off period I mentioned in the solo episode I did about the concussion and the vulnerability you may feel in defence. I think that might have been the case because KP was great today, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He, well, he was Caleb Ponga. Like, you know, that's what we want. That's, that's what we've been expecting with this group for 5 8 allowing him to just get his hands on the ball and play with that bit more freedom. And, yeah. you know, try assist, oh, sorry, three try assists and a try. He showed, hey, he could be the rock and I'll cook with it. Yeah. And I know you don't like the bloke, but I thought that was Phoenix Crossland's best game of first grade. Yeah, fair enough. Kick the 40 20. What was the defense like? Uh, Jaden Campbell did try to save it. Yeah, I did. I saw that. wasn't very pretty. Um, but look, all I'll say about Crossland, three mess tackles is a hookup. I'll just criticise him for that. I'll find some criticise him on. That's what I'll criticise him on. Uh, Frizzell pressing his claim for origin selection. It is on report for a cannonball. So it'll be interesting to see what the MRC does there. Uh, Jacob Saifedi and DSAT did their chances no harm. And overall, the Knights looked really, really impressive. I'm liking the look... Of Marju and KP, that left edge combination really, really strikes me, especially the way KP took the ball to the line a couple of times. That looks really, really good for my... Uh, anything else on this game before we get on to the last match of the round? Um, I'll just point out that the Knights are 100% going to be a team that has to play through their forward pack. Um, so when their forwards were as good as they were today, obviously, KP has the freedom to book. You know, you have a guy like Lucky Miller as well. He can step up in that situation, even though he did have a relatively quiet game today. Um, but, you know, against better teams, the Knights might not have that leverage in the forward pack. And that's when it becomes an issue. I think also Bradman Best might be going off to Bali every bye week. A double for him today, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, moving on to our last game of the round, we had the Knights 20 defeating the Manly Seagulls 14. Oh, wait, I, I forgot something about the last game. Shout out Jackson Hastings for calling out the Daily Telegraph. Oh, what because, did he say? Because the Telegraph tried to back up and say that going to Bali allowed the Knights to become refreshed and contributed to the win today. And they were like, oh, the Knights proved the naysayers wrong with their performance. And Jackson Hastings called them out and said, hang on a second, you guys were the naysayers. <laughs> good on him. Good on Jacko Hastings. So, uh, the, the Sharks were really good in the first half, but I thought their defence fell away, and it, we're, they're still not getting that full 80-minute performance in. And it's quite arguable that ever since that big score they put on the Cowboys, the last two weeks have been very, very poor. 
They were outshone against the Dolphins. Even though they dominated the first half here and the start of the second half, the rest of it left a lot to be desired, let me tell you. Where has Will Pending gone for the last two weeks? My super coach team is not cooking. <laughs> yeah. It's struggling. Your, your super coach team has the cheese, no cook. Spoil the broth. <laughs> uh, but I do agree, yes. Kennedy, uh, not as much uh, attacking stats, only the 16 runs, 161 metres. I did have a line break, though, as well. There, he did pick up an error because I did the stats for the Sharks and the Knights today. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was my job today. Look at my, look at my boy getting the inside the information for what we use for this podcast. Hey, um, hey, it's all... We did have a bit of a clusterfuck with the uh, Knights New South Wales Cup today because the Knights sent us the wrong team sheet. Wait, what? So, oh, tell, tell, tell me the story. Tell me the story. So I'll tell you the story now. So the Knights sent us the t- an, a team sheet that didn't have Latia Modedreke on it, didn't have Jack Johns in it, and put the bench in the wrong numbers. Oh, God, there's been a couple teams in there around the world. Um, this week. So, so I'll tell you what we so, had to do. Yeah, you go first, and then I'll say what I've seen. We had to get the KO feed of the night starting lineup and go searching in our database for the names of the players they forgot. They didn't have Orca oh, Falau either. Oh, Jesus. So, for the first uh, half, until we figured out the error, we had to just code by numbers instead of names. Well, I've been lucky you, they have you, huh? <laughs> um, but okay. so around the world this week, the Dragons' initial team list that was posted to the NRL.com had Ben Hunt playing halfback and hooker. And the initial team list posted by Manchester United for the game against Wolverhampton had Anthony Martial starting and on the bench. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's bizarre, let me tell you um, So, one, I guess. on to the game now We've got a bit off track, but that's what we do on the league scene <laughs> um, A lot of fun, let me tell you um, Where was it, where was it, where was it? Uh, fuckity, fuckity, fuck. Oh, yeah. there it is So, um, <laughs> Royce Hunt needs to do more in his stint Only had five carries of the football Yes, he scored a try But he needs to do just a little bit more, in my opinion uh, Dalvin Nukin was, I'm just going to say it, mediocre. Seven runs, 61 metres. He did make 43 tackles, but attackingly, he needs to do more. I uh, wanted to see more running from Teague Wilden. He's been really dangerous the last few weeks, but this week, kind of put on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, definitely been an interesting, or definitely an interesting game for the Sox feels like they went away from what's worked for them the last couple of weeks. Um, or what worked for them leading into the Dolphins game, rather. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of intrigue there, fatigue. But uh, across the board, I thought Tom Hazleton was really big on the bench. As was, um, who was it, Jack Williams. He, them two were really good. Uh, Connor Tracy, a couple of Sharks fans were doubting 
the um, move there. They wanted to see Kale Iro or Sam Stone Street, but I thought he was great. A bit rude to call out something like that. It was him and Vossi. They both wanted it. <laughs> he and Chris, they both wanted that change. <laughs> um, but I do think they need to be better across the board. Uh, for Manly, uh, look, you cannot tell me that there is that Tommy Turbo is 100% with a straight face. No. He, he is, is playing hurt. Didn't they have to put him on the wing at one point? Yeah, that's what happened. That's when Nikora burnt him. Yeah. He was defending on the wing. The, the worst part is they're hiding the injury. Yeah, just say it. I would be like, we would be a lot more consoling and a lot more feeling better if they just said, "Oh, Turbo's injured this and this. He's hampered, but he can play." That I would yeah. much rather hear that than you, than you fuckers at Manly. And yes, we're gonna blame Seabold for hiding the injury. Well, Seabold's the one that came out up to this week going, oh, Turbo's almost back to his best. Turbo's almost back to his best, I'm sure. And then he gets that run by Britton Nicora. Yeah. So, you know, if he's playing hurt, just say he's playing hurt. Yeah. Um, well, I thought he was quite lethargic today, Turbo, to be honest with you. That's what he's been the last few weeks. That's the issue. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, am I looking at... No, I'm still on the Sharks. Um, yeah. So he still he still ran for 191 metres busted, which is good. Garrick, yeah. I thought, was good too. Uh, Kola, good. Paseka, he was fat line break. I thought he was going to go the full way, let me tell you. <laughs> um, Hamoli didn't do his origin hopes no harm. Uh, Bullimore and Woods were big on the bench. But um, Josh Alloyer... I did see a... Let me go to Physio's tweet. I think I saw dislocated shoulder. I might be wrong. The way he was holding his arm, yeah, it would have been dislocated shoulder. Josh Alley suffered a dislocated shoulder. was unable to be popped back in during the sheds. Uh, General recovery guide. uh, Minimal structural damage, joint stable rehab for three to six weeks. If it's significant damage, it'll be three plus months. If it's not able to go in, I don't think that's good news. Nope, and with the way that some of Manly's pack played today, I think that they're in a bit of trouble. But Manly played Canberra, with the way their pack's been going, that could be a bloodbath. Hmm, that's, yeah, that's, well, Canberra, what, now, five straight wins? They haven't, yep. lost, since, they haven't lost since they beat us. They have so, not lost since they were beaten 53-12 by Penrith. Yeah. So, you know, you're coming in, you're taking on that's in the second best form in the competition and you're playing you're missing your best forward your prop busted your starting 5-8's gone AWOL it does not look good for the Manly Seagulls right now a lot of trouble ahead my friend looking at the ladder at the conclusion of round 11 South Sydney on top on 4 and against on 16 points Brisbane not too far behind all these clubs are on 14 points the Panthers Sharks Storm Dolphins and Raiders. That goes down to seventh spot. In eighth spot, you're the Warriors with a better for and against. Then you've got the Titans and Roosters outside. So it's a very tight top group. Uh, Knights and Manly just one point behind on 11. The Cowboys on 10. 
Parramatta on eight, along with Canterbury and the Dragons and the Tigers are down on six points. Next week's matches, Indigenous round, we have the Pampers taking on the Broncos on Friday night at Suncorp, Dragons taking on the Roosters at Cogra, uh, Rabbits taking on Parramatta at um, the Roosters' home ground of Alliance. Uh, Saturday's matches, the Sharks taking on the Knights at Coffs Harbour, Tigers-Cowboys at Leichhardt, the home of Balmain, uh, Dolphins-Storm at Suncorp Stadium, Sunday, we have the Bulldogs and the Titans at Acor Stadium, and then the Raiders and Manly at GIO Stadium. Looking ahead now to our lower grade report this week, we're going to start off in the KOE New South Wales Cup, the knock-on effect tournament there. If I can quickly get... There's the ladder there. I need to go to League Unlimited on my phone because they've got the up-to-date ladder. But I need to go to New South Wales to get the stats. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Pampers 16, Roosters 14. Pampers led 16-0. Roosters nearly ran them down. Uh, Mab Guy, top player as far as tackles. 230, sorry, not, not that many tackles. 37 tackles. Isaiah Longy, 236 metres. Jack Cogger, two line breaks. And he picked up a try and a couple of try assists. For the Roosters, Nafahu White ran for 242 metres. Do you see why I want this bloke picked, mate? Yes, I do. Yes, uh, I do. Fourth string hooker Tom Deacon made 47 tackles. Jade Anderson picked up a double and three line breaks. Drew Hutchison was the best fantasy player. He picked up 67 fantasy points. Uh, Warriors 14, Bulldogs 12. Luke Metcalf picked up a try along with Tane to a picky. Uh, top players for the Bulldogs, Jaden Tanner made 49 tackles. Gerald Skelton made 228 running metres. Kyle Flanagan was the best overall player. Uh, for the Warriors, Maya Sands made 40 tackles. Ali Leotower made 191 metres. Uh, Viliami Bailira, Lionbreak Kalani going, the best overall. Rabbitohs 26, West 22. West had a 22-2 lead at halftime, Reese. Mm. And they got ran down... Isaac Thompson picking up a hat-trick. Uh, ben Lovett made 32 tackles. Jacob Gagai, the most run metres, 197. Isaac Thompson, three line breaks. Isaac Thompson, most fantasy points. But Blake Taft put on a very good performance with three try assists and a line break assist. Four of the Magpies, Alex Safaf made 42 tackles. Dane Laurie, 159. Semesi Koa made one line break. Alex Safaf, the best overall. No surprises there. Surely. Have a look. Uh, Raiders 44, Parramatta 12. Uh, best players, uh, Hohepapuru made 40 uh, tackles. Utula Asamua made 205 metres. Uh, two line breaks. Corey Harabura Naira, best overall with 74. Xavier Savage picked up a try. And a line break, no try, assist, free tackle breaks. I don't. I disagree with the Raiders dropping Savage to reserve break. Personally, but uh, Jaden Yates made 44 tackles in a disappointing year. Side Tony Metalli made 190 meters. Jordan Rankin picked up a line break and was their best overall player. Uh, Dragons 26, Knights 22. Knights led 22-8 at one stage, but then conceded three tries in the last 20 minutes to lose. Our uh, best player was Thomas Kant and Dane Orker-Falau. For the Dragons, their best player was Jacob Little. 
And today's other game in that competition has not had stats provided as of yet. It was a 22-all draw. Uh, the Jets led at one stage 22-6 and got ran down. Yikes. Uh, looking Yikes. at the KOE New South Wales Cup ladder at the conclusion of round 11, the Bears on top on 18 points. The Bulldogs on 16. The Warriors, Jets, Raiders all on 15. The Wagpies and Pampers on 12. Blacktown Workers and Parramatta on 10. 11, sorry. South Sydney on 10. St. George Laura on 9. Brewster's 6. Knights 4. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) On to the host host plus cup in Queensland. Uh, We had a big round of action there. There are a few rounds behind New South Wales Cup. A couple of uh, listeners have been asking. Down to round nine. Uh, Some results. Blackhawks 54, Hunters 4. Jadossi Baker Turaha picking up a hat-trick. Cowboys running wide over the Hunters. Uh, Bears 42, Cutters 6, Sammy Saluma picking up a double in that one. The Cutters had no affiliation. Uh, Jacob Ailick, a Titans contracted player, was the best on the ground. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, Dolphins 36, Capras 20. Um, those stats haven't been done yet, but Albert Kelly picked up a double. For the Dolphins. Uh, Magpies 20, Seagulls 14. I don't think those stats... Oh, yeah, those stats are done. Uh, Tristan Saylor picked up a try. I know you're interested in Blake Moser. He came on the bench, played 40 minutes, uh, picked up three runs, 19 metres, and made 26 tackles for one miss. That's pretty solid. Uh, Pride 32, Clydesdales 30, Tigers 30, Devils 10. Buys for the Falcons, Jets, and Winner Manly. Looking at the ladder at the conclusion of this round of action. Burley on top on 16 points. South Logan 14 with Sunshine Coast. Then the Capras. Uh, Tigers on 13. Seagulls, Pride, and Dolphins on 12. Winner Manly on 10. Uh, PNG Hunters 9. Blackhawks 8. Devils 6. Clydesdale 6. Ipswich are on the board with their buy. The Cutters yet to taste any victory through the conclusion of that round. Jeez, you can tell... Which teams they have in our affiliate, can't you? Indeed. Uh, on a super coach now, Cheesing for the W this week picked up a total of 1,123 points. Reese, what did you get? Oh, I'm just going to open the app. I'm on it if you want me to do you yours. Always... No, it's all good. But you always just say the score so quickly. I'm not expecting for it. Uh, 1,200. For me, you know, not making any panic changes to my side has finally paid off. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, top scorer of the week, of course, updates are pending for the second time this season. Head coach Pete. Congratulations to Pete. Good on you, Pete. Uh, other winners this week, uh, out for Justice Anthony over Savo Shire Dan, head coach Pete over Marble Marathons Luke. Maverick for up Michael Bukanya Bulls Mickey beat uh Michael beat Mick. Uh Reese slaughtered Hux. Uh Walker the B Parker Maxim had a narrow 10-point victory over Will. Uh Lolsters defeated That's Haley narrowly. Pardon? That was a bit of an upset. Will go. Of course, of course, uh, of course, this is update pending. Uh Jacob defeated Sean. Dorian defeated Dylan. Billy defeated Bryson. 
and Jared defeated AJ. So, of course, updates will decide this. Uh, let's see what that does to the ladder in the league scene group. Uh, yep, this is live. Dan's on top. Then it's Reese, Will, Pete, Dorian, Jared, Anthony, Dylan, Bryson, Billy. Out of our league, Michael, beat uh, Sean, Maxim, Haley, Jacob, AJ, Luke, Mick, and Hux. Okay, it's time for this week's Low Cow of the Week. Mine this week goes to a man that I actually idolised growing up. The Blue Wiggle, Anthony Field. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You want to know what he's done? What has he done? He wants to buy the Tigers and turn them back to Balmain. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Number one, he'll have to sell the Wiggles to have any chance of funding it. <laughs> mate, 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 mate. Number two, why are you rejecting the largest player base? Exactly. What have you got, my friend, All right. briefly? All right, we're going to England. We're looking at Leeds United, and we're looking at one of their fans who jumped the stadium uh, grandstand, jumped onto the field, just to try and get into a punch-on with Newcastle United manager Eddie Howe. I've seen that. Yes. Uh, Leeds have said that he has been evicted from the stadium, arrested, and banned for life. Worthy punishments, but I think the fact that he's a Leeds fan is probably punishment enough. So. <laughs> exactly right, my friend. Uh, but anyway, that will wrap us up for this week. Reese, thanks very much for coming on. And we'll catch you next week for our look at the Indigenous round. Take care, everyone. All right, bye, guys.